Hey everybody, welcome. How are you? It's, uh, I'm back. How's it been? I've been gone for like a month. Uh, I recorded all of the last four episodes, put them all together, put them on YouTube, and kind of just pushed them out, and I said, I'm taking, I'm taking a break for a minute. It was the end of 2022. I had a vacation planned for myself to see my family. I got to see Kyle. Oh my god. Got to see uh, my buddy Alex. I got to see my a couple other friends back home. I got to go out, and I did a lot of nothing. I did a whole lot of absolutely nothing, and it was the best nothing that I've done in a very long time. Like I said, Kyle and I got to meet up again. Uh, we got to hang out. Kyle gave me a fantastic book that I've been reading. I'm about halfway through. It's a Batman. Uh, it's called The Last Night on Earth. I'm looking at it across my table right now. It was just nice to see everybody. Um, I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. It was a very fun episode to film, record, to edit. Uh, if you haven't listened to it, go ahead and give it a look-see. I sat down with some of the folks from the uh, t- uh, Fallout Roundtable, and we spoke about Fallout for about 45 minutes. It's, 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 it's a good time. I enjoyed it. Uh, I have a feeling if you like this type of content, you will like that as well. And while you're there, check out their stuff as well. Thanks for being here. I hope your year has been fine so far. So far, it's just been a couple of days. I'm recording this on the 11th of 2023 in the year of our Lord. And everything just kind of feels the same. I think that feeling of things kind of being special as as time goes on kind of fades the older you get. Because I'm kind of just at the point where it's just another day. New me, New year, new me. BS over here, over there, over that way. When I flew home, if you live in the US, you might have known the around Christmas air airlines are shutting down, uh, canceling flights and what what have you. And I'm flying from Colorado to Texas, from Texas to Pennsylvania to get home so I could hold Kyle in my arms. And as I'm leaving Colorado, I get to the airport, I have my friend drop me off, and it's like, your flight's been delayed, and delayed again, and delayed a third, a fourth, a fifth time, to eventually I was getting to Texas after my connecting flight was supposed to happen. And I get there, and I'm like, what do I do? So I go to the, the guy at, at the airline, uh, the like the help desk, and I'm like, what do I do? He's like, don't worry, here's a hotel room, here's a flight back, uh, here's a, a new flight, here's a ride to the hotel, a ride back to the airport and a free meal on us. So it was taken care of. It kind of sucked that I had to spend like six hours in Dallas. Um, the, the Dallas Fort Worth airport is not a good airport. I've become a weird like connoisseur of airports. I like go in there and I, I look around like a child who's lost. Like I just want to know everything about them. I think they're so interesting. It's a place where time doesn't exist, where morals exist, but like so social cues don't. Like you just see a guy in his pajamas sleeping on the floor and my first thought is, oh God, what is he, a war veteran? My first thought is just, oh, he missed his flight or his flight's not for a few more hours. So I, I enjoy being in airports and Dallas's airport is just too big. It's like almost bigger than Denver's, it feels like. And Denver's airport is a mess. But I, get, I finally get home to Pennsylvania and they lost my luggage. And I'm like, whatever, not a big deal. They deliver to your house for free, which is fine. But I had to wait like four days. And on it was like two days. It was the day after Christmas. The guy's like, hey, uh, I'm like an hour and a half away. I'm like, all right, man, as long as it gets to the house, it gets to the house. I don't really care. He goes, okay, cool. Can I come tomorrow then? I'm like, 
no. And I'm like freaking out. I'm like, buddy, look, I need my luggage. Get my luggage to my house. I was like, I've, I had one pair of underwear on and I, my mom had a pair at her house. And I'm just there to spend, like, I didn't even get to spend Christmas in, like, the nice sweater that I bought for Christmas. Good thing it's not, like, a red and green sweater. But, like, still, I had a nice sweater for Christmas. I didn't even get to wear it. Like, I didn't even get to get, like, a fit off. So I just kind of hung out in, like, these pajamas that were leftover pajamas. It was just a mess. I finally get it back. It's, like, four or five days later I get my luggage. And then I got back on a plane, came home. And, like I said, I did absolutely nothing i did fall and my god was it nice so thank you for joining us i hope your uh end of the year beginning of the year has been smooth sailing you look great just thought i'd let you know so before i get into the lore for this episode before i talk about what i want to talk about in the fallout universe something very big happened with zanimax with microsoft uh, very recently now by way of kyle Papa. Hey, Papa. How are you? Uh, he sent me this article on Twitter originally, and then he put it into uh, – I have a little note section that's just for myself and Kyle on the Discord that we can see. He sends me uh, an Axos, A-X-I-O-S, sends me this called Microsoft Game Makers Unionize After Passing by Sup- Supermajority. Now, I'm not exactly sure what a supermajority is, but this article on on Axos is written by Stephen Totillo, an author here. Uh, I'm just going to read this. It's very short, so I'm just going to read it in its entirety. Hundreds of game developers at Microsoft-owned ZeniMax Studios have voted to unionize, according to a tally release today. Why, uh, why this matters? It's an empowering victory for, for workers at the lower rungs of the game industry. The union will consist of about 300 game testers from ZeniMax Studios in Maryland and Texas, including Doommaker's id Software, as well as Arcane and Bethesda, the teams behind major 2023 Xbox exclusives Redfall and Starfield. A supermajority of workers voted for the union, according to organizers at the Communications Workers of America, which will encompass the new ZeniMax Workers United Union. Microsoft voluntarily recognized the union after a third party confirmed the vote, said uh, the communication, communication Workers of America. We're thrilled to kick off 2023 20, in a workplace that's stronger and more equipped than it was last year, says game tester Skylar Hannett. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh, we want to put an end to sudden periods of crunch, unfair pay, and lack of growth opportunities within the company, said ZeniMax tester Victoria Benos. Also, this article I'll link in the description below. We look forward to engaging in good faith negotiations as, the, as we work towards a collective bargaining agreement, a, a Microsoft rep told Axos. Axos? Axos. Sorry, dyslexia. And you throw an X in a word and I'm just confused. The big picture since late 2021, a growing wave of workers in the game industry have been trying to form unions. Until then, the game industry, particularly in the U.S., was devoid of unions, even as workers grumbled on social media and through the press about long hours, low pay, scant job security. But revelations about sexual misconduct allegations at Activision Blizzard in mid-2021 led workers to walkouts at the end of the year and efforts by some game testers at the company to try to unionize, and some indie studios have as well. This is a really big deal. That's not the entire article. That's just most of it. It's what I feel like is important. 
This is a really big deal for multiple reasons. One of them being this is the first major, in the U.S. at least, unions that has popped up for a developer. This means that workers are going to have job security. Like I said, this is going to be big for a lot of other studios. This could potentially fix some of the problems that are currently going on. This could possibly put it put a dent into the damage that was done at Activision and Blizzard. Stuff like this happens and people are more, they're harder to get rid of. If you're a union, they can't just fire you. They have to give a reason. There has to be an, there has to be an investigation. There's also fair pay. The only thing that I, and I'm very pro-union. I think that unions should be a staple thing in this country, in, a, in the United States of America. Uh, we have Labor Day, which is supposed to be in honor of people that work labor jobs that are supposed to be union jobs that the people that now have Labor Day off are people that sit in offices and don't have hard jobs. But plumbers, steel workers, electricians all work on Labor Day. This to be said, comma, this is a big thing. The only downside I see from this is now games are going to take forever to come out. And that's, they already take forever to come out, but I also feel like the entire industry is just dominated by what is going to make the most amount of money instantly and then continuously. And how do we get a subscription service that people are going to pay for and hopefully forget about? So they just keep paying for it, even if they're not playing our game. And as someone who's been playing Fortnite, and yesterday the Wu-Tang skins came out again, there's a strategy to get these, to get people to spend money on these things. So I can see why games are already taking longer to come out. My, when I was explaining this to someone at work today, my entire argument was if you look at a game like Red Dead Redemption 2, it's the most it's the most well-made game ever. It has the most detail, the most polish. NPCs have names and schedules and shit. It's such a well-made game. My opinion is it's boring because it's like we put all this time and money into this animation. You're going to watch Arthur get off this horse every single time. He takes too much time. Whatever. I'm not going to get into arguing about this game. But what I'm getting at is a game like that took forever to come out and there was huge talk about uh, how much crunch there was in the industry for this game from rockstar and you get to the point where it's like well what are we going to do it took say eight years for that to come out now if we're all union we can't work overtime unless it's uh regulated you can't do all these things and i'm not saying crunch is good i'm saying that your games are going to take longer and that's just the way it is there will be a point in time where if you like a game like grand theft auto even though it's this year is 10 years since GTA 5 came out. You're never going to get within 10 years, within 12 years, within 15 years. You're never going to get, I don't think we're going to get GTA till it's a 15 year anniversary, but it's going to take a long time for you to get games. I really think maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people will be paid more and know they're protected and not be miserable at work. And maybe we'll get games at the same pace or even a little quicker. Who knows? I certainly don't, but I know this is a big deal and it's good. It's really good. This is like, this is something that people don't know. Like in their contracts, it'll be written. You are working X amount of days after those X amount of days. We can come back and say, do you want to work this, uh, this contract longer? Would you like to work this longer? And they can say, Hey, we don't need you anymore. Ski daddle. The U S it feels like one of the only civilized nations where people work incredibly hard, but then don't know if they're going to be working tomorrow. 
and I, and I say that at work all the time. Someone got caught stealing and I was like, yeah. And he complained all the time about not being paid enough. And he probably did it to spite you. I bet you any amount of money he wouldn't have done that if he felt like he was compensated fairly. They gave us a $50 card for Christmas um, to the supermarket so we could get groceries. I didn't use it till 2023. And that $50 they gave me was now the equivalent of $30 last year. People just want to be protected. It's a scary time we live in. Gas shot up 40 cents within a week of me being back. Anyway, this is a big deal. I'm very happy to see that this is this is setting a precedent for the future because now people can kind of move from here and figure out what's next for other big companies. Speaking of unions, I currently don't pay any sort of union dues. And that's kind of the goal, to not do that. If I get a good job that has a union, yeah, I'll pay union dues. But, uh... This is a really shitty segue. I'm just going to come out and say it. I have to thank the Patreon. Because of the Patreon, I don't know where the fuck I was going. I apologize. Because of the Patreon, I continue to do this. I continue to make the show bigger and better. I've been looking at some uh, some equipment, some things, some stuff even, that I can use to make the show bigger and better. I have my eye on this one piece of equipment that will make my editing time even slower. I want to get my hands on what I might actually do. I want to get my hands on an editing computer, something different, something I can save up for, use a little bit of the Patreon money and make the show bigger and better work on other projects. This laptop has edited over a hundred episodes at this point. It's been chugging along for two years, three years. And I think one of my fans went, so I got to get the fan fit. It's a whole thing. Starting from the top, I have to thank the OG Noah. Thank you, Noah. After Noah, I have to thank Danny. Thank you, Danny. After Danny, I have to thank Marcus. Thank you, Marcus. After Marcus, I have to thank TP. Thank you, TP. And last, but certainly not least, I have to thank Mellow Millhouse. Thank you all for your love and support. Like I said, I got my eye on some stuff to make the editing process a little bit quicker, faster, better, harder, longer, stronger. And I love you, and I appreciate you, and I hope that you're doing well. Now back onto the show. So as a part of your regularly scheduled programming, I have to talk about some lore from Fallout, which I'm always happy to do. So I hit up the Discord, and I said, hey, Discord, how are you? Any takers on, on this week's lore? It wasn't a question, just something I threw out there. Anybody want to hear anything? And the one and only... An OG in every sense of the word. A man who's been in the Discord, which, by the way, joined the Discord. A man who's been in the Discord for as long as I can remember. A fellow who's always sending me memes. The Tubby Master hits me with, hey, you know, have you done anything on the on the uh, Powder Gangers? And I was like, I know I did the NCRCF, but I don't think I've done the Powder Gangers proper. So I looked into it. Turns out I didn't. And guess what this week's lore is? So if you want to hear any lore whatsoever, make sure you are in the Discord. Right? If you're in the Discord, I ask a question or just the general statement of what do you want to hear once a week? And the first person to answer the question or just tell me what they want to hear or a YouTube comment chooses the lore for the week. And this week's lore comes to us by way of the Tubby Master. It's on the Powder Gangers from Fallout New Vegas. A raider gang in the Mojave from 2281. I get all of my lore off of the Fallout wiki. Fallout.fandom.com. The Nukipedia, if you will. 
originally housed at the NCRCF. Pre-war, this was a, the, the Gene Conservatory and was a low-security, all-female prison. Prisoners were tasked with maintaining the railroad along the Long 15 under military NCR soldier supervision. And this railroad that they had links the Boneyard to New Vegas. It's a huge trade route that was used by the NCR to keep a constant flow of food and water and ammo and all sorts of other types of rations and morale keeping up what have you stuff. As Legion tension escalated, more guards from the NCRCF were being pulled away to other areas like the dam to make sure that the Legion wasn't encroaching on what the NCR believed was their territory. The prisoners at this time see this and realize that the ranks within the NCRCF are getting weaker and take this as an opportunity to attack. Now, a man named Samuel Cook instructs a small group of powder gangers to stockpile weapons and explosives. Uh, some of their favorites being stolen powder charges single-shot shotguns, 9mm pistols, varmint rifles, and 357 mag revolvers. Uh, he Samuel Cook says at one point that when you speak to him that he would take a gun, stash it there, a little explosive, put it here, and just kind of move stuff around when the opportunity was was in front of them. They attacked all the NCR on duty, blasting their way through the prison, and eventually killed the warden, and they established their own rule. Now, these are men that were, there's no female powder gangers. These were men that were oppressed by the NCR and wanted their way out and are kind of a ragtag group throughout the entirety of their existence, which I'll get into a little more later on. But now they have a pseudo freedom, like the NCR sees them as criminals, but they themselves see themselves as free men. They still wear the blues. They still wear the prison blues that they had when they were inside, but now it's more... A badge of honor, in a sense. Some prisoners fled to Vault 19. Sam Cook, the leader, the pseudo-leader of the Powder Gangers during the time of the revolt, of the revolution, of the riot, uh, he escapes to Vault 19. He never takes up the, the name of Powder Ganger, though. He takes the name of Escaped Convict. Others stood in the prison. There's a few camps around the prison, and they cause havoc up and down the Long 15. Now, this revolt from the NCRCF shuts down Highway 93, and this was the NCR's main road to Vegas, shutting off a huge supply chain for the NCR. After they do this, they also go to Quarry Junction and steal all of Sloan's dynamite. They steal all the dynamite, and this is what leads to the Death Claws coming back to Quarry Junction and kind of taking refuge there. And like I said, they have these small camps around the prison. They're inside the prison itself. Uh, but they attack the surrounding towns like Goodspring, Sloan, like I mentioned, and Prim. And after all this, after all this result, you would think in some kind of a prison-y way, some sort of a prison culture kind of way, there's an honor amongst thieves. You know what I mean? You would think that somebody out in the waste would like them and nobody does. The NCR doesn't like them because obviously the NCR doesn't like them. The NCR lost a it's It's the U.S. versus Vietnam. It's... The NCR lost to a couple of guys who were hiding guns in, in safe spots. And when nobody was looking, they busted out and blasted through and took them all down. The NCR wants nothing to do with them. In their eyes, that's a that's a battle that they fed, they lost. Uh, the Legion wants nothing to do with them because they harass Legion raiding parties as they would come down the, the long 15 and other parts of 
uh, New Vegas that all lead to Vegas. And because of the town of Nipton, I can only imagine a few Legion soldiers that were there that Vulpus and Kalta talks about briefly. I doubt that the Powder Gangers and them got along because they probably had a chip on the shoulder. Oh, look at us. We overthrow NCR and you're the their, you're their biggest competitor. You? You guys in football equipment that are, are talking like it's thousands of years ago? Idolize a guy who obviously has an olive oil fetish, so they're probably not too great to them. And uh, the Brotherhood of Steel doesn't like them because they interrupt patrols around Hidden Valley. Now, like I was saying, in Nipton, before the massacre by Vulpus and Kalta, it was powder gangers during the day were there, and it was NCR at night. They would come in and they would get up to all sorts of their debauchery and kind of switch out to make sure that they never actually intertwine with each other. But the escaped convicts of Vault 19 want to join the Great Cons, which I think is super interesting because... The NCR and the cons hate each other because of Bitter Springs, and the NCR hates the NCRCF escaped convicts, so Sam Cooke and the fellas at Vault 19 are like, the, uh, the exact quote here is, they probably hate the NCR more than we do, and their strength in num numbers. And that's paraphrased a little bit, but I think that's neat. There's a real sense of respect and uh, a sense of a, a, a forthcoming camaraderie that comes from Sam Cooke talking about the Powder Gangers. Like I said, I get all of my lore off of fallout.fandom.com, and uh, I just want to get some quick fun facts off the wiki. Just some notes for you real quick. Even though most of the Powder Gangers themselves have evil karma, uh, the faction itself is not marked as evil, so you can steal from them. Stealing from them actually gives negative karma. This is behind the scenes. The 215 Rail Line Powder Gang were almost due to appear in Black Isle's canceled Van Buren. Commenting on the difference, differences between New Vegas's Powder Ganger and the 215 Rail Line Powder Gang, Joshua Sawyer stated that Van Buren faction had much more developed characters and were going to play a large role, where in Fall of New Vegas, their focus in the game was greatly diminished. I like the Powder Gangers a lot. They feel um, very much like a Fallout 3 faction in the sense that they're smaller, they're not super developed. Doesn't mean they're any better or any worse uh, I think they're a great introductory faction they're kind of a joke and I like that it's the only faction that I can really think of off the top of my head right now in New Vegas that is that is not completely developed that has a long standing history like the cons have been in from the first game you have stuff like the brotherhood that's been in from the first game the legion has a history that goes back at least 30 years i'm trying to think how old caesar is like but like caesar's lore wraps into the uh followers lore so it, it, there's a lot there with every other faction and i like that you kind of get to see this faction that's just started like you really get the the feeling that it just started uh either right before or right after the, the first battle of Hoover Dam. And I really appreciate that about this game is that you kind of learn about them as they're learning about themselves. And it's the first kind of faction that you interact with, with good springs and just it's even though Josh Sawyer said it's a little underdeveloped. I like them a lot. And that my friends is everything I have for you on this week's lore.
time. Thanks for joining me. I hope you guys are well. Um, it's the beginning of the year, so there's literally not really anything going on. Uh, I really don't feel like Andrew Tate going talking about Andrew Tate going to prison. Uh, just because I just don't like that man. Um, and I think he's not healthy for young kids, to be honest. That's really all I want to say about that. I hope you guys stick around for this year. I have some ideas. Um, I know I feel like I'm always saying I have ideas, but I have a plan for once a month something special to come out. I'm not promising anything. I'm saying I have an idea. I have to it's it's a collaborative effort. So I have to find other people that would want to collaborate for a collaborative effort and uh you know, sometimes it's easier said than done. So I'm shooting for anywhere from 6 to 8 and maybe not the full 12, but the goal is a full 12, but I'm cool if I get half. Uh, I feel like I'm always saying this as well, but I have YouTube plans. Actually, let me let me show you something. So I, I currently don't have um, my lens on it, but here I have a camera. Let me find the model. It's a Nikon D5300. This was given to me as a gift from a friend who didn't use it anymore. And um, I asked them if they wanted money, and they said no. So I bought them dinner. Um, but this is a video camera. This is a camera in which I can shoot things like it's a camera which I can make content with and it looks like it's modern and I didn't have to drop $600 on a camera because it was a blessing that somebody gave it to me when they did. I had to buy a few pieces of equipment for it, but hey, a battery charger really ain't that big of a deal. I have a few YouTube video ideas. I'd like to incorporate the green screen more, um, but also I'd like to stream more. I'd like to stream a myriad of things. Uh, and again, I'm not promising anything because I know I say every two months that I'm going to start streaming again and I do it for two weeks and then I don't do it for a while. But what I'm hoping is I can do three, three days a week, two to three days a week is what I want to shoot for to kind of get me into it and see where I go. Um, the new Last of Us show is coming out and I'm going to watch that and I'm probably going to want to play The Last of Us is online again. So maybe I'll stream that on Tuesdays once again, even if it's only for two hours. If I can stream for a handful of hours every week, I'll be happy just to kind of get me into that rhythm. I'd like to play Minecraft. I don't know if I'm going to be playing any Bethesda games on stream unless it's really Fallout 4 because I feel like Fallout 4 is more equipped for it because it's a more modern game. I enjoy playing Fallout 3 at such a slower pace. I want to bring Framkey back, but again, no promises. Let me put the camera away. Hold on. I actually, actually, when I went home for Christmas, I brought that home because I wanted to film Christmas morning because, uh, you know, it's Christmas morning. I wanted to film it. It's a camera. I wanted to play around with it. And I was in the airport and realized I didn't have my SD card on me. And I went, well, I can't film. And when I got home, my mom was like, we can go to the, we can go to the store and get a cheap one. I was like, yeah, we could, but I didn't bring it. So don't worry about it. So I have one floating around. If not, what is it? 25 bucks to get a 64 gig card. I want to stream. I want to do that. I have some ideas for some YouTube stuff that I'd like to do. I want to get more involved with the community itself, my community, um, especially my community, not just the Fallout community. I felt, I'll be honest with you guys, I feel somewhat alienated from the Fallout community because I don't feel like I'm talking about 76 and everyone is currently talking about 76. And I'm at a point where I'll meet Fallout fans in the wild and I'll bring up something from 
New Vegas or three, which are not, in my mind, games that are unaccessible or hard to play. They're not as hard to play as Fallout 1 or 2, and people just don't know what I'm talking about. And maybe that's just a me thing. Maybe just this is me obsessing over one thing, and I've just hit a point where I just, like, I, every, this makes me sound shitty, but, you know, the, who do you think's the good guy? The Institute or uh, the Brotherhood or the Railroad? It's just not a conversation I'm interested in having when I'm talking about Fallout at this point, because I want to talk about shit that's more than that bigger than that i want to talk about do you think the brotherhood is even a faction that should be in the games anymore like how do you feel about the uh fallout being a critique of capitalism for then itself to just become capitalism like how do you how do you feel about that like i want to know how people are feeling about other stuff and some people just don't want to talk about that and i get it video games are an escape you shouldn't have to think about the real world when you're playing video games but i mean hey i host a podcast about my favorite thing ever and i kind of want to talk about it in every way that i can i have things planned for this year i want to go to the new vegas uh the the fallout day it's like the weekend before my birthday i think or right after my birthday and it's like i think my birthday might be like a thursday or a friday and then it's like uh that weekend is or it's either the weekend before i think it's november 11th so it's the weekend before my birthday i want to go to the uh good springs meetup and i'd love to see some people there i'll I don't know what I'm gonna do for that one. I might do something special like I did for the one in DC, but I'm not sure. But I'd like to I'd like to go to that. I'd like to see some people there. I want to travel a lot this year. I mean, you know, I as much as I love the show, my life isn't just the show, and I have to remember that. I have to remember that constantly. Life should be about doing things you like and having hobbies and trying to figure out who you are and try to figure out where where you belong and this and that. But also I have to think about myself and I have to think about things that aren't stressing me out. And again, I was saying this. To a friend this year, I've made somewhat of a resolution to work out more. Um, I have a goal weight in mind. Uh, but also to sh- to sh- streaming two to three days was on that list as well. But also to just be nicer to myself. I feel like I'm very hard on myself when it comes to my, my content, when it comes to my podcast. I'm very proud of my little show. And... I don't want to forget the reason why you start a project like this. When you, st- when you start a creative endeavor... You start it out of, out of love. You do it because you love something, because you want to share that love that you have with others. And I don't want to forget that. And at the same time, as much as I want to buy more equipment and make things easier and bigger and better, I still want this to feel like Wayne's world, if you know what I mean. Like I was having this conversation recently. I want this to feel like Wayne's world. I want it to feel like I'm in my room, like you're having a conversation with me. I want it to feel like you understand me not like a parasocial way, but I want you to understand who I am and like, like, you know, I want you to feel comfortable that you could go into discord and like, we could talk to each other about stuff, you know? And if you had like, Hey, how do you think about, what do you think about the twisted hairs and this and that? And what is Caesar really doing? If not just corrupting bloodline, like if you like, you know, go into the discord and talk to these things about me, I run this by myself now. Kyle helps out. I have some moderators in Discord, but this is me, and it's very hard. (laughs) Um, Not so much the act of doing it, but just everything else I have going on in my life. If I could find a way to make editing quicker, if I could find a way to make something else quicker, and then I could do more stuff because I found a way to do it. I feel like every year I say this, and 
in my mind, every year it gets a little bit bigger and a little bit better. I feel like I'm always trying to experiment. I'm always trying to do something new. I'll catch myself getting a little too comfortable and going, let's do this. Let's try that. Let's try this. Let's try that. I was using my drum machine for a while because I thought it would add effects. And then something happened wonky with the focus right and that. And I said, okay, that's enough of that. I'll figure it out later. And I never went back. And I'm not upset about it. It's just that didn't work. And I tried it. I'd be more upset if I never tried it and didn't know. So like I said, I have ideas for things coming. I just hope you stick around. 2023, I have a really good feeling about this year. 27 is a number I really like. And I turned 27 this year. I, I, I'm looking for a, a better job. Um, but you know, it is what it is. We keep it moving. If, you, if you've played Fallout 4, which I know you have if you're here, you got to just take things one day at a time. My name has been Vince. Thank you for joining me. If you like the intro music, it's by Shane Ivers. I almost said Shane and Ivers, like they're a bank. Here it's Shane and Ivers. Shane Ivers, silvermansounds.com slash free music for all of his heaters. And if you throw a slash feather duster, you can get the intro track feather duster that I use for the show that you just listened to. In the description are links to my Twitter, Kyle's Twitter, the show's Twitter. There's also uh, links to the Patreon. Thank you to the Patreon, the Redbubble, where you can support in a small monetary way. Uh, my, I think there's the Instagram down there as well. Pretty sure the Instagram is down there as well for, for the show. Check it out. I hope you guys are doing well. Happy New Year. I love you very much. And I will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Atomic Radio Hour Podcast A Gulman Entertainment Production